Welcome in. My boy Zero's here. <laughs> Howdy. Live and in the flesh, kind of. Through a screen, but live. <laughs> For the first time. I've seen pictures of you. It's actually kind of weird seeing the video of you now. Oh, you've seen pictures of me? Is that you've you've posted on like your um your oh, Twitter? Yeah, 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 yeah. The one with you and the gun on the hunting camera? That yep. one is like insane. That's like <laughs> That's might be the most most BA picture I've ever seen of like a man. <laughs> um, have you been hunting lately? Uh, no, not lately. It's not deer season, and I haven't been all that motivated to go hunt hogs. So, okay. What is the? Are there there set seasons? Yeah, in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, basically fall through. I think. Uh, into january january can you do bow year round i don't know i don't think so so. not a bow man yet (laughs) no no i'm not quite that hardcore (laughs) yet 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 Uh, right on um yeah well uh how is post podcast life dude it's it's good i don't have to worry about a podcast every week yeah. Just get to focus on mainly what my wife wants me to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's good, you know. That's that's like awesome and ouch at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah, because you're still doing it, right? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. How is how is the wife and how is married life? Everything is good, man. Uh, yeah. She like the other day she told me she's nine months pregnant and before i got married i did not know that women went almost 10 months in pregnancy so that was yeah oh yeah yeah you know it's i was really surprised by that but hey uh but yeah everything's good uh baby's looking healthy and we're gonna see her sometime soon awesome that's awesome yeah congratulations thanks (laughs) father zero yeah (laughs) i realized this too um i actually this wasn't even a plan but i have a zero i I drink gatorade zero and then i like grabbed that out of the fridge and i was like oh like i did not plan that but uh i got (laughs) it's like the zero sugar stuff (laughs) just for you i'm drinking drinking the zero today Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah i do zero and propel because it's like no sugar which means they probably have other deadly chemicals, your cancerous chemicals in it or something. Right. Um, yep. But I don't know about it at least yet. So I can like pretend that it's <laughs> exactly good. Just don't leave, yeah. read the label, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't look too far into it. Uh-huh. Same thing with like the bangs and the, the rain energy drinks where it's like, oh, no sugar, zero calories. And I'm like, there's definitely something bad about this. I just don't want to like look into it and find out. Exactly. <laughs> Keep <Yes>. living in <laughs> ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, um, speaking of like marriage, married life, um, what is to you, what is a man and what is a woman? Uh, Matt, okay, which direction do you want me to go with this? Or do I just go on my own accord? Because, you know, yeah. we can get, we can make it real basic. You know, it's like a, a penis and a vagina. Yeah. Or you go, you know, biblical and, uh, you know, the man is the head of the household and he's uh, called on to love his wife and provide for his family. Uh, the woman is, is called to support her husband 
you know, in that role, uh, take care of children and stuff like that. I mean, obviously it's not, you know, all very like rigid, you know, like it has to, uh, you know, you, you can't do anything outside of this, but, uh, you know, that's, that's basically what I would say as far as like the biblical role. Yeah. Love that. And my girlfriend's here in the chat. Hi, <laughs> potential future wife. Um, but we have a big thing about names. So what, what do you know the what you're going to name your, your, your children yet? Uh, yeah, I do know what we're going to name our daughter, but, uh, we have not told anyone, including my mom, my mother-in-law. So and and especially that's not a very me popular and, me decision. And the internet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive on the, on the Sean V Planet channel. <laughs> yeah. We haven't done it so far, but for you, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the exception. Yeah. Right on. What is, uh, if you had a boy, what would you name it? Uh, I'd name him after me. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We'd, we'd see. Because uh, I have a grandfather, uh, and then I'm named after my, my father, and I have the same middle name, so I'm a junior. Uh, oh, right. But I, I don't know how I feel about, like, you know, Zero the Third. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to give him that, you know, like, get some, you know, uh, hints of, like, a monarchy going on here. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's do the thing. <laughs> Yeah, zero three would be confusing. Like zero, like people would be like, "What?" Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what? How do I write this? <laughs> what is a Roman numeral zero? How would you do like zero and then three? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, speaking of monarchy, um, why is monarchy the best form of government? Uh. <laughs> I don't know if it's the best form of government, but it's definitely better than democracy. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been drifting away, uh, not away, but towards that away, I guess, away from democracy towards, and see, I don't even know if it's monarchy, quote unquote, necessarily like maybe You're cool cons- with dictatorship. Yeah. I mean, it's military. Honest, honestly, yes. It's like, yeah, yes, no. yes. But like, I think one person yes. needs to be in charge, but I think that he needs to have actual skin in the game. And I think mm-hmm. that's why monarchies work or like kind of tend to work better. Right. They don't yeah. work, work. It's not like, obviously not utopia hasn't been built, so it doesn't work entirely. Yeah. But that idea that like, you know, the King rules for life. So he has to always make sure that he's doing well, or at least good enough to live out his life without being dragged out into the streets and beheaded. And then he also has to like leave whatever, you know, kingdom, whatever, whatever place he's governing good enough so that even his children and his children's children can do the same. So there actually yeah. like, seems like a better system where there's actual investment, there's skin in the game. Whereas with democracy, it's like, Hey, I'm here for four years, maybe eight years. Um, bribe me. I'll do whatever you want. I'll sell out my country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll sell out everyone. I don't care. I'm going to leave in four, eight years and no one's going to prosecute me and I'm going to live wealthy. Um, let's do the thing. Come on, mm-hmm. lobbyists. Let's go. I'm open. <laughs> open yeah, for, it's, for, it's for almost, free money. <laughs> like it's almost like you have to have like like a nearly absolute monarchy because prior to World War One, you had a bunch of monarchies in Europe, but you know you still had representative uh, forms of government within that. Like the British had Parliament and stuff like that, and then obviously you have World War One. 
and you know that, that started just based on some uh, heir to a throne getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in some like tiny country too, right? Like. <laughs> no, no, it was a uh, well. Austria. Well, he got he Austrian, got shot. He shot yeah, yeah, the Austrian Hungarian. It's like yeah. the Balkans. Who cares about the Balkans? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Name three of the Balkan countries. You know. I mean, Dude, I used to live there. <laughs> it's like, I could. I studied history. You live there. But, like, I mean, that's like one of those, like, street questions where someone on the street is like, what year did the country get founded? And they're like, 1992? You're right, yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, man, what are they teaching kids these days? It's like, then imagine asking that, like, just random person on the street, like, can you name two Balkan countries? <laughs> yeah, I think people struggle. Like, Africa and Australia. <laughs> uh, yeah well um i wanted to ask you you former formerly known as liberty zero now yeah. just zero but going off that what is liberty and why did you uh, drop it <laughs> well why did i drop it i don't really remember why i dropped it it's probably just because everyone called me that yeah. uh or zero but uh but what is yeah. liberty um I'm a little bit worried that I'm going to get it mixed up with the definition of freedom, but, uh, <laughs> I guess, true? uh, just, um, having, having the freedom. Okay. Yeah. So Liberty is having the freedom to make, uh, to make decisions in your own life, basically have autonomy and, uh, have minimal interference from, uh, coercive powers. Like an absolute monarchy. Right. (laughs) That is a good, I mean, do you think that liberty exists more in like a system like a monarchy? Or do you think it exists more in democracy? That's, that's, that, that question, it's really dependent on the situation that you're looking at. Because, you know, it's, you can have a weak monarchy uh and also a weak democracy where it's you know a banana republic uh and so it's it just totally depends on where you're at i guess yeah yeah my thinking would be and i don't I'm, i don't i'm not i'm not a genius i don't study this stuff right i'm just kind of like i'm a guy with opinions but mm-hmm. my thinking would be like in a democracy. I mean, obviously, too, that's like we're not technically in democracy, right? We're representative democracy. Um, but in like a an actual democracy, like the premise is that like the most, like the majority rules. So like the majority of the population can basically tell the minority of the population what to do, either directly or indirectly. That yeah. doesn't seem very like that's ever going to be a good solution for liberty. Well, and, just and that's in, just in, in and of itself, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's just kind of the uh, the messaging of democracy. Whereas, really, if you look at it, corporations have controlled this country, for instance, for well over 100 years. And that's just kind of the line that we're fed. Hey, you know, we're, you know, hey, sure, we, we voted this guy into office, but it's really our fault, you know, despite the fact that we were given two really crappy choices and you know yeah, we're probably our, rigged our, anyways and... Our, yeah and our brains are a little bit fried from yeah how many however many years of public schooling so yeah yeah 
our consent is manufactured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eight hours a day for 12 years. Uh, as if that's not gonna <laughs> brainwash us into supporting whatever system it is that you're in. I mean, I was homeschooled and I still have like, I, I, I can tell I still have like issues from certain aspects of my schooling where it's like, I should be like, this shouldn't be an issue for me, but uh, but <laughs> right <yeah. laughs> keyword how was uh homeschool do you prefer like do you are you glad you were homeschooled or do you prefer that or would you have rather have gone to school like public school or private school at one point i wanted to as a child i wanted to go to public school and i did uh go for like one year right. uh when i when i was in france that was purely to learn the language but yeah i, I was homeschooled my entire life and I am very appreciative uh, of my parents deciding to do that. Uh, and I, I, I can guarantee you I would not be an anarchist. Well, I don't want to say that, but it's very unlikely that I would be an anarchist if I had grown up in a public school system because uh, I guess my entire mindset, even, even though I was homeschooled and I came to anarchism later, uh, growing up, I was a little authoritarian uh yeah. you know i was very pro nuking just america's enemies <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it's, what's funny was... is that uh i remember man when i was like 16 17 i guess i was like in a sense pro monarchy because i saw the inefficiencies of uh bureaucracy and i thought hey just like all that power should be held at the top <laughs> it'd be much more efficient that way <laughs> Right. Yeah, so I've come a long way yeah. since then. But uh... <laughs> yeah, one ruler to many rulers to no rulers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of, you know, I used to be I, the joke, right? Is you become a libertarian and then six months later you become an ANCAP, you become mm -hmm. an anarchist. I guess I would say ANCAP, but that's a it's a whole debate, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> Where are you on the bottom of the, the spectrum? You know, just who are you trying to make happy, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Um, see, I went, I, I, for me in my life, it was like libertarianism, anarchy, and then about seven years later, now I'm like becoming whatever, statist. You know, ooh, mm. he's a statist. <laughs> but my mindset isn't like, yes, stay. I want to stay. Let's go. I want to, you know, like, yay, hoorah. Let's have a big, powerful state that controls everyone. But right. I, am, I am just kind of defaulting to this mindset of like, it exists. So like, obey it and just work around it where you can. Um, yeah. Kind of like, um, in, you know, we'll talk about this, but like agorism, like that idea of like, you in your life, like in your community, in your family, in your personal life, in your happenings, remove yourself as much as possible from the state. But at the end of the day, like don't resist it. Like don't mm -hmm. spend too much of your time and energy like fighting against the state or taking it down or, you know, be, like even just your energy, your time and energy, like don't focus on it. Don't live on it. Don't like be full of despair or fear because of it. Right. Um, so I don't know if you would like call me like a quote unquote statist. Cause like, I would rather us just be free and like get along and things be chill. But, um, what do you, do you still just consider yourself like ANCAP? Yeah. I mean, ANCAP, anarchist, whatever. Uh, 
<laughs> you know, it's like I, I've noticed that, you know, people use the different terms and it's based on, oh, like ANCAP has a bad name now. And the thing is that I just like I'm not trying to reach anyone with my philosophy so much. And so I, I just don't it doesn't matter to me. Uh, but on, to, to your point about like our, our focus shouldn't be on uh, taking down the state. Uh, there is a like a, a like a thought um, or like a theory, I guess, in uh, anarcho Christianism or I, I forget what the term is. Anarcho Christianity. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there's a. It's basically the theory goes that, uh, like in Romans 13, a lot of statists uh, they use that to justify the state and like how you need to bow down and worship the state yeah, obey but, you know it. that's oh, not what they say but essentially that's you know that's yeah. what they put into practice and uh but there, there's a guy like uh david lipscomb who i started reading and his thing is like hey the state was put in place as a punishment you know it, it's part of you know it's it's essentially when god told adam and eve um you know coming out of the garden like hey you know now you're gonna go hungry and you're going to be thirsty and you're going to have to deal with these snakes that are wanting to bite you. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, here on stack on top of that, Hey, yeah. there's this cool thing called the state and you're going to get oppressed by that. And so that's, that's, uh, <laughs> the idea is that it, it's part of the punishment. It's part of the downfall of man. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where like, do I, like do what you know obviously i'm going to try to feed myself and i'm going to try to prevent as much pain as possible to my person but i'm not trying to end any of these natural things and the state in a sense is is natural in that you know god put it there as part of uh, our punishment <laughs> yeah and so i'm not trying to like really take it down yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah maybe at some point uh and, maybe at some point we we won't you know it won't be part of you know it won't be a factor but you know in the meantime it's not my sole focus yeah yeah and good luck trying to take it down right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's like and you know, just going off what you're saying it's like it's almost the inevitable result of sin yeah and then yeah. I think the big thing that really has pushed me just away from, you know, obviously I associate, I still love a lot of my friends that I made when I was like, call myself an ANCAP and I was in the like, Liberty movement, quote unquote. Um, and I still agree with almost like every point, you know, I just kind of yeah. feel like there's like this extra thing now that I'm like a Christian, now that I have found God, I'm spiritually connected to God. Um, it's this idea that no one's really talking about in that community that's about the aspect of morality you know everyone wants yeah. to make these economic arguments and these like philosophical arguments and it's all like based in the physical like your physical world because they have this this worldview that like this life is all there is your life here and now everything is like imperial like it, it's all based on like empiricism and the fact that like this world is the only thing that exists this life is the only thing that exists and we need to build utopia here and now like as a whole yeah. and as individuals and so by default to me now i just see that as like incorrect like your eyes should be on eternity you shouldn't yeah. be focused 
I mean, you right, you live in this world, you're in this world, you know, live here for now, do good things here and now, because you can, because you're given this life for that reason. But your focus should be on your eternal reward and on like your eternal life, like your soul that's going to carry on past this place and past this body. So that this whole idea of like arguing about the government to me is just slowly becomes more and more silly because it's just like, right, this is just like some temporary situation we're in. And it shouldn't be your focus. Your focus should be spiritually connecting to God, not worried about solving these solutions here and now. Um, but right. I, I don't necessarily see it as like horrible, like stupid, like don't do it, you know? <laughs> right. It's like, why not make this a better place? Why not try to build God's kingdom, you know, here and now and like help people and do good, true and beautiful things here and now. Um, but that, and then even going back to that Romans 13 point, you know, I kind of, I'll get in disagreements here and there with even Christians that argue about it, you know, like whether you should obey it or not. Um, I think it's very clear that we're called to obey the government until it prevents us from obeying God. Like until it crosses that line where like when you're now not worshiping God or idolizing God only, worshiping him only and obeying him only, when you're now like justifying like bowing down to golden statues of rulers yeah. <laughs> or going along with like immoral wars or whatever. Like when you're crossing lines that are just like, um, to me, disobeying God and now you're just obeying man and you're justifying it by taking a Bible quote from, you know, an epistle of Paul out of context to justify it. I think you're missing a point. And then Romans too, like the whole point of Romans and the whole point of Romans 13 is Paul basically saying like, you now no longer live in the physical you live in the, in the spiritual, like you're no longer, you know, basically the premise of Romans is like now as a Christian, now that you've found God and now that you have salvation through Jesus, you are now led by the spirit. You're living in the spirit. You have salvation spiritually and eternally. You're no longer physical. And so yeah. the whole give Caesar what Caesar's concept, the whole Romans 13 thing is just like in this physical body, let those give your stuff to the physical. Like, yeah, let Caesar take your money. Because it doesn't yeah. matter. At the end of the day, you're spiritual and you're going to be going to and getting treasures in heaven. So when Caesar comes with a sword and says, pay me your taxes or else, yes, fact, that's theft. Yeah, he shouldn't be doing that. You can complain about it all you want, but you should just give it to him and move on. Because, like, your reward comes in eternity. But, yeah. Yeah. The big thing that's tough is just people picking and choosing Bible Quotes, quotes out of context and using them to justify their worldviews yeah yeah <laughs> that that not understanding like historical context and yeah yeah so <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well yeah then speaking of it um uh are you would you consider yourself an agorist well first uh, off is it agorist or agorist that's a debate in and of itself right well, so I think <laughs> agorist is how it's actually correctly pronounced, but I would say agorist because it sounds better to my ear. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if, if would I consider myself an agorist, uh, a very poor one. But, <laughs> you know, well, it, it's I'm a poor one because I'm antisocial to in a sense, uh, or to a point, and so you know, trading is, you know, or dealing, uh, outside of, you know, using fiat and stuff like that is, uh, yeah, I don't do a whole lot of that, but in terms of philosophy, that that's where I'm at, where, 
like do i think it's going to end the state no it's it's not going to do that but it does if if i'm in that agorist mindset uh i'm i'm bettering my life where like i'm not reliant on these systems of control uh such as the food system and that's something i've talked about uh like when i had a podcast is that uh a lot of these distribution systems they're they're systems of control and uh you don't want to be reliant on stuff that the state can you know just cut you know almost shut off yeah. uh you know when it decides that everyone needs to go into lockdown <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh so that so that's yeah i i, I would say i'm an agorist just a, a poor one <laughs> as of now though right yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah are you homesteading yet no dude, like I farm, wish, farm but... farmsteading i guess whatever term you want to use but kind of like doing that self-sustaining farming on your land as soon as I, I as soon as i can i will but yeah i don't own land right now so at this point what i'm doing is i'm practicing uh yeah. my grandparents have land and yeah. they're letting me i put a garden out there and uh like it's pretty big and so i get to feed uh i get to feed my grandparents yeah uh, some vegetables every week uh my parents and sisters and then uh my wife and i and uh well even a coworker actually and and so that's uh like that's a blessing for everyone uh right there but i'm also learning a lot as i'm doing it yeah so that i don't go buy land decide i'm gonna have a big garden and then you know i'm reliant on it and i fail because right. i don't i haven't practiced any i haven't practiced gardening yeah <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah 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 that's smart that's the, i think that's kind of the best way is like dipping your toes in the water doing some trial and error figuring out and then too like when you're about to just start throwing down your own money on your own life um right. you kind of want to know what's smart, what to, what to do, what not to do, what, what's going to grow, what's not going to grow. Instead of just like, I bought a bunch of pumpkins and you're like, I guess pumpkins don't grow in Texas. I don't, <laughs> I didn't really think that through. Uh, I don't know what yeah, we're doing with pumpkin seeds and all this land now that I kind of thought I was going to do that with. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I got started and, and I put out a bunch of, uh, squash, zucchini, uh, cucumbers, watermelon, uh, and there's a, type of cantaloupe called a musk melon and they're all in the same family and i put them out i had like raised these from seeds you know like in started them indoors early you know and i put them out there and like i left them for a weekend and i come back and they're all basically dead because there's something <laughs> called a cucumber beetle and oh, yes and it just eats away like it they're just hundreds of these bugs and they had swarmed on my plants <laughs> and it was you know now i know okay cucumber beetles yeah <laughs> put out put out one plant see if they go get that one if you yeah. wait a little bit longer if they <laughs> uh so yeah it's it, <laughs> yeah, there's so it, much intricacy to it like i kind of yeah. when i first started i was like yeah you what you just like get some dirt throw some seeds put some water on them make sure they're in the sun that's you're good yeah like no there's uh there's pests there's birds there's <laughs> there's weasels there's you know there's so many like things that like 
you don't factor into all of that you know what can grow next to what what how much space is needed in between the plants yep. um how much water how little water you know there's so many things that go into it and that's why i agree I, I'm, I'm kind of doing the same thing like i live in an apartment in nashville right mm -hmm. i'm not yeah. i'm not growing anything in my own garden but i'm like trying it like my last apartment i had like a we had raised beds and it was just kind of trial and error and i totally yeah. messed everything up yeah. <laughs> like i just kind of left it there like birds and squirrels i think we're just picking them off you know everything's just rotting uh, i'm like i don't really understand what's going on you know because i'm yeah. going and watering it but it was getting enough water naturally anyways so i'm like overwatering these you know some things and mm -hmm. it's better than yeah just buying your own land and being like this is what i'm gonna eat in the fall and then having like no food in the fall because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you yep. didn't factor in that squirrels exist <laughs> uh-huh yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and then um too we're in the um do you know what like range you're in on like the growing oh the like growing zone? zones yeah yeah i'm in zone 7b 7b see that's that's where i need to get the i don't even have the intricacies down of like a and b but nashville is like in this weird i think it's six seven and mm -hmm it's i guess i could look it up it's six seven and so like some things were like kind of on this on the line where like some things that are sevens that it's like yeah grow grow sevens it's like they aren't yeah. actually gonna work because you're kind of in the six and if yeah. you're trying to grow something that's in the six it's like eh, it just might not work <laughs> <laughs> so where this is weird like you almost have to do trial and error by default you can't just be like okay i'm zone seven i can grow this 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 go you know, look up everything on that list and make it all work. It's like you actually kind of have to do some trial and error of like the six and seven kind of stuff and see what actually survives. Yeah. Um, and then that, I think, you know, that probably just applies to everyone that kind of lives anywhere close to that in between. Um, yeah. And that, and, and that's, you still have microclimates where like, sure, you live, maybe you live smack dab in the middle of zone, some, you know, the certain zone right so you should be safe to plant what's recommended there but you know like let's say that uh you live in a valley or you know whatever you're getting a lot of wind in your area like that just that is gonna you know affect certain things and and you're not gonna like you're gonna plant stuff and you're gonna learn real quick oh like maybe this doesn't grow so well here and maybe i should you know sure i can throw out a few plants just to see but you know this like this just isn't like these plants don't do well here and so <laughs> yeah. you know i'm gonna focus on other stuff yeah yeah but it's fun i think it's and it's just it feels so right i mean right doesn't just like feel good in your dna to like build stuff and grow stuff like <laughs> yes <laughs> it's just like yeah god's winking at me when i do this you know like this is kind uh -huh. of what, what i think we're made to do um, yeah. So question coming from the chat, Steppy, King Step, coming in hot in the chat right now, says question for zero. It's a two-part question. So I'll ask right. the first part. How much does economics matter in having a righteous population? How much does economics matter in having a righteous population? Um... So that would kind of get back into that, like, kind of almost dichotomy I was talking about, where it's like people living in the physical versus people living in the spiritual. Because, like, the yeah. economics is more like that physical mindset, like, you know, yeah. trade and possessions, and um, then, you know, righteous would be more of like that, are you living in the spirit more? Yeah, I mean, I like, I'm not going to be able to answer that 
question as well as I would like to. Yeah. But I do think that, like, they go hand in hand where uh, basically a righteous population or, or people who are you know, trying to do the right thing morally, um, they're, they're saving for the future, uh, you know, unlike a degenerate society. Well, I mean, not that degenerates don't do wise things with money, but <laughs> generally it's, you know, if you're like looking to your, to the future and you're trying to provide for your family, uh, going forward, uh, you're, you're making wiser financial decisions Unlike, you know, what we currently see, uh, and what we've seen for decades in the U in, in the U S which is, you know, we're living paycheck to paycheck. We're borrowing, uh, you know, ridiculous amounts of money and we're, you know, uh, creating a bubble, you know, in, in these certain industries and you, uh, you know, that, that, you, that's why you see these, you know, economic recessions and, you know, these bubbles burst thing is because, you know, it, it's, it's hand in hand one, you have, you know, morality and then, and in the other hand, you have economic incentives and, you know, they, they work at each other on different levels where, uh, I mean, obviously if you have low interest rates, like even people who are, you know, uh, living that trad lifestyle or whatever, uh, you know, you're, you're tempting them to, you know, borrow money. And I'm not saying borrowing money is, is a bad thing, but, uh, excessive, uh, borrowing money on a societal level will get you in trouble. And, uh, yeah, like just living beyond your means. Yeah. Yeah. Like constant. Like you're just like getting that constant state of that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's one thing like, Hey, I'm, I'm borrowing money to, uh, so I, so I can, you know, build this so that I can provide more. Uh, it's another thing where I'm borrowing money to get a car I don't really need. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know if I answered the question all that well, but I... <laughs> well, the, the second part is kind of the same. It's kind of leading off the first, but it says, do you think our unsound economics are a cause of our unrighteousness or a symptom of it? I mean, I, I don't really come down <laughs> hard on like, you know, I, I don't think, I don't know if there's necessarily one answer. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm open to, any arguments on that but i, I do yeah. think that it's a it's kind of a two-way street uh can you read it one more time for me yeah so it's two questions so how much so does economics yeah. matter in having a righteous population and do you think our unsound economics are a cause of our unrighteousness or a symptom of it like does unsound economics cause unrighteousness or does unsound economics yeah. like just inevitably result from unrighteousness? So, yeah, I wouldn't say that it's like 100% the cause. I do think it does cause issues and, and it, it does lead to like unrighteous living. And it discourages that when you can live beyond your means and, and it's not just living beyond your means, but uh, I do think it can cause that for a lot of the population, but at the same time, I think there's an argument where an unrighteous population will 
you know, gravitate towards or unsound economic uh, right. policies. Because they're just kind of blind to reality. I mean, that's why I think that yeah. the liberty community really fails on this and why, you know, atheists, libertarians or whatever are almost like doomed to fail, like personally and as like a bigger picture philosophy. Because if you're not focused on morality and righteousness, I do think that like basically just chaos ensues. You know, if you don't have logos in your life, if you don't have like structure and order that's truly from God, I think everything just inevitably results in like chaos and destruction and violence. Uh, yeah. The big argument, you know, is that you know, what, you know, from the ANCAP perspective, like, what do you do without rulers? Like, what do you do without, you know, a, a monopoly on violence and forcing laws? And, you know, I'm going to paraphrase, I'm going to generalize the solution, but it's like basically like people will just have contracts. Like society will just turn into a bunch of like agreements and contracts. And you won't yeah. have one monopoly backed by force. You would have a bunch of different, you know, organizations kind of working together and coming to agreements with each other. That's yeah. my oversimplified version of like a very complex issue. But to me, if you're not talking about morality, you're, that's impossible to happen. It's just literally impossible. Like if people aren't willing to obey their you know, obey and follow through with their word and, you know, fulfill their oaths and fulfill their contracts. Like if they're not moral people that are living like righteously, how would you ever get them to just agree on their own to fulfill their contracts? Yeah. And if something like the law, if something like a monopoly on violence is big, giant, strong arm forcing people to obey laws, if that can't even work, then how are we going to assume that the same population, the same quote unquote immoral fallen state sinful population is now all of a sudden going to obey a bunch of rules just because like they're supposed to because <laughs> yeah. it'd be cool if you did dude <laughs> <laughs> so i think if you did have like a very moral people like if you had big or small if people were just living righteously i do think that like libertarianism and like anarchism would work because people would just agree like I wouldn't step on your property, man, because it's your property and I'm a good guy and I'm not going to cross that line and violate that oath and contract I have and violate your property rights. But if I'm an unrighteous person, man, screw your property. I got a gun and you don't. It's mine now. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about these stupid little contracts we made or handshake agreements we made. I just I have force now and now your property is my property. So I do think that like righteous aspect and that moral, that morality aspect is something that like the liberty community really needs to address and tackle and come to agreements on because without it, if you don't have a moral people, you're not going to be able to live without, in my opinion, at least without like a government or a state. Yeah. And th the thing is that it's, I feel like it's a lot <sighs> like you're a lot better off trying to, have a society where people are they have like a certain moral standard uh without and, and and they don't have to understand economics at that point like obviously it'd be you know beneficial for everyone if we stood, understood economics but like the reality is that you're not going to teach everyone economics yeah. but <laughs> like if you if you teach them uh like it, it, you know not that this will happen, but you know, if everyone is on the same page with morality and 
you know following god's ways then it's like the fruits of the spirit are like a uh they come from like your desire to they come from righteousness they like they're born out of uh your desire to have a relationship with god um so would sound economic uh or you know sound financial decisions uh it does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah, I mean, so yeah it's, just good, it's like good if, people if ever, are gonna make good choices right they don't right. have to be like geniuses to know like i'm not gonna steal <laughs> right or yeah it's, like you don't really have to understand the economics behind the consequences and this or like the incentives or whatever they're just like i'm a good person i'm not gonna do that i'm not supposed to do that right and so yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's just kind of, that's kind of why I've just kind of been slowly pulling away from like the Liberty community because I just see immoral people angry. <laughs> and it's like, even though I kind of agree with like a lot of the arguments, like, yeah, like, should, should, yes, that's the way things should be. We should be stateless. We should, 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 but like, you're just like immoral <laughs> and I don't trust your intentions and your motives for wanting no government. You know, I don't know if you're trying to replace it with yourself or your friends or, you know, if you're secretly wanting power or if you just want chaos. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that just break. They don't want to build. They don't know how to build. They're not builders. They're breakers. You know, they just have this revolutionary spirit, this revolutionary, revolutionary mindset, and they don't live in like order. They don't live in like goodness and true like truth and love and logic, you know, they just kind of, for whatever reason, you know, either they're born yeah. and raised that way, they're physically made that way or spiritually they're that way. You know, they just are so fallen. They're so living in their sin that they're just so chaotic and crazy. And those people, when I see them being like, F the state, taxation, theft, get rid of the government, get rid of the police. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on that. Like you on that. <laughs> but when I see someone like you talk about it, it's like, okay, yeah. Like this guy's making some good sense. It's the same point. It's the same argument. Like, oh, they're, you know, anarchism is the best solution. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. Like I trust you. You're a good man. You want things to work well. Like you want order. You want a lot. Like you are trying to build a family. You are trying to build good community. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I'll hear you out. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. But it's just that mindset of like when a moral person's telling me that there should be no state, I'm kind of like, yeah, I agree. And when like an immoral person is saying it, I'm like, actually, I don't trust you, man. And I'm going to block you and not associate with you anymore. You know, I just, I don't trust anything coming out of your mouth right now, even though it could be the same argument. It just, I think that morality thing is the unspoken, you know, elephant in the room of the Liberty community. Yeah. And that's something that you've talked about for a long time now. Yeah. Uh, and and I remember when we first uh, like the first time we interviewed each other uh, like back then I was really big into the boogaloo and yeah. <laughs> you know Get and the like boo going yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the, the longer that I uh, I don't know the, the longer that went on I realized that like I was mostly pro boog just because I was just so angry uh, right, and yeah. it's not really because I, I thought that we could replace, you know, the federal government or whatever with, uh, you know, anything that would be that much better because 
I mean, the, the fundamentally, I don't believe that you can have like a better society if you don't have a moral one. And at this point, you know, sure, like we could potentially, you know, shoot people and take down the state, whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. you know, even with, I don't even care if we have the best intentions. Like, it's not like we'd replace it with something better. It, it might be different yeah. and it would probably just get hijacked by the same elites, right. you know? Yeah. So, or different elites, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Does it matter? Yeah. So. I mean, one of the best examples of that is the, I mean, I guess two examples would be French Revolution and the Red Revolution. Even I mean, the American Revolution. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Where, the, you know, like maybe it, maybe it was noble intentions and a bunch of people backed it because they're like, you know, this guy sucks. We need to <laughs> like, we need to be in charge. Like let's us people be in charge and they overthrow their ruler and they replace it with the government. You can just, you know, there's a big debates about whatever specifics yeah. happened and all these things. But the general premise was like the people in charge are bad let's take over let's implement us let's have people let's have rule of us and then the result is just unbelievable amount of bloodshed yeah. <laughs> and then what, what and then after the blood settles on the streets when the when the rivers of blood finally like stop flowing you basically just ended up with the worst government anyways and yeah, every yeah. every time it's almost like we should have just kept that king like yeah louis and his son probably should have just stayed <laughs> yeah. Napoleon actually kind of did kind of did worse than what Louis was doing, you know. Like Stalin was kind of worse than you know Nikolai or you know the the I can't think of their name the Romanovs. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, yeah, they were bad, but we kind of ended up with a lot of blood afterwards, and then a ruler that was probably just as bad, if not worse, you know. And I think that's yeah. what happens with revolution. And shout out to Owen Benjamin who says um revelation not revolution because revolution yeah. is just a cycle it's a cycle of bloodshed and people taking power it's revolution it's you're revolving in a circle revelation is going up revelation is you know getting better advancing spiritually growing and becoming like a better population and so i think that's what we should be putting our time and energy towards is that like growing spiritually and morally and not necessarily just like trying to topple the powers and replace them um yeah i think that's just a vicious cycle yeah and historically at least when you had monarchs and that's what we like about monarchy is like you know like you can identify the problem and you know take care of that but you know historically we've also seen that the replacement or the uh, solution has not always been the right one and now i think we have the problem where we don't like most people don't actually know what the problem is <laughs> and so like the solution like, we you. don't even know where that's going you know <laughs> you know it's it it might be worse than the french revolution yeah you know but like most people don't don't understand like the the people who are causing a lot of the problems that we are seeing you know it's like hey if you're looking at politicians that's you know that's that's not they're not the uh they're not really in control of this you know uh and and then like you say like if you don't like if you don't understand like 
God's plan, then, you know, it, it's, then, yeah, we are doomed to repeat history. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I got some comments in the chat. My boy Sedevacanta says, we should have just kept those commandments. <laughs> <laughs> like, the end of the day, we should have just kept those commandments. Um, yeah, shout out to Silosopher. Thank you, brother, for the lemons and the Lamborghini, Ninjaginis and stuff. That's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. And um, as said also says, compound interest causes boomers to think that they invented getting rich doing nothing. There's that. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the boomers and uh, their decisions <laughs> or their legacy? Uh, I don't know. We're... I know that we wouldn't have done any better. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think but, that's I the mean, inevitable result of being traumatized by a bunch of wars and then just all of a sudden having TV thrown in your face. And then also like a bunch yeah. of drugs and music. It was just kind of like, whoa. <laughs> like we're the yeah. children of people who've been traumatized and, you know, there's a lot of ease and comfort. And then now all of a sudden it's just like our brains got overloaded with a bunch of like stimuli and drugs and foreign substances, you know, it's almost yeah. like by default, they're going to be a messed up generation. Yeah. And you, you know, if you, if you read, you know, back far back into history, it's like, Hey, the, the boomers were a product of, of their parents who yeah. messed up too. And, you know, you, you go back and you read when this country, uh, when this, country was first founded and you know you read about hey uh like the, you know these supposedly freedom-loving people they were you know like they were in favor of this law you know it's like some crazy authoritarian law and you're like like what <laughs> you know you, you, it's just yeah. that doesn't that doesn't vibe with my understanding of you know the founding of this country you know and, and you know kind of the philosophy that the people had and and then you realize that it's it, there isn't a really good like we don't really have a great narrative you know and i'm like i was reading this stuff in in murray rothbard's book you know and right, and he's yeah. very optimistic about uh you know how this country was founded or at least that's the impression i've gotten and you know he's still including this stuff where uh, you know, you have mandatory public schools up in, you know, New England and stuff like that. And it's, you know, it, it's kind of crazy where you're seeing authoritarianism, authoritarianism, like springing up even then. And it's only gotten worse and it, you're seeing a snowball effect. So. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Murray's the man. Murray's one of those For guys sure. where, you know, I was, uh, I don't know if I've told you this or if you've heard that me talk about this, but I was like born and raised by like two super liberals yeah. <laughs> in a liberal town in a liberal state. And like right at the, right at the time where I was 18, like I was, I was just too young to vote for Obama. I was 17 when Obama got elected. So I was like 18 going into college, Obama, man, Obama's going to save us. Obama's the man. He's from my state. Like I'm from Illinois too. I'm like, dude, he's my state. I'm like, this guy's going to save us. This guy's awesome. And it's like, of course, that I go to college and it's just like Marxism. It's just, you know, being seeped into you from every angle. And I'm like, dude, communism could totally work in America. 
dude, we need like universal health care and like, you know, oh, we, no war. Like, I'm like, just boom, boom, drinking the Kool-Aid, drinking the Kool-Aid. And then the moment that really just hit me was like, all of a sudden it's like, we're bombing Libya. And Obama's like getting on TV being like, we really need to bomb Libya. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like this moment just sunk in where I was just like, wait, what? Like, this isn't going to be utopia? Like, I thought we were like, on a, we just got in a rocket ship and we were shooting towards utopia and everything was going to be rainbows and lollipops from now on, you know? And it's like, wait, what? We have, we're in more wars? You know? And then, like, Occupy Wall Street happened. And I'm like, okay, dope. Like, yeah, Occupy, awesome. Like, fight the government. And I'm watching, like, Obama and all the bankers just, like, you know, shoot rubber bullets at people. <laughs> like, hate on it. And it's just, like, all this, like, whatever you want to call it. Like, liberty pilling. <laughs> yeah, right. Yellow, yeah. yellow pill, taking the yellow pill happened. Where I was just like, whoa, these guys suck, actually. And I was so brainwashed against Republicans. I was like, those guys suck too. And then all of a sudden someone was like, hey, you should check out this guy, Ron Paul. I think you like him. And, you know, from that point, it's just over. You know, you look up one Ron Paul speech and you're just like, yes. Like, actually, this guy does get it. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> unlike I'm kind of learning a lesson of, of buying into politicians, but at least this guy does kind of actually genuinely get it. And then you start from there, you start branching. I mean, Ron Paul's kind of, I think everyone's like, yeah that's awesome that's dope if you were alive or active back in that time period that like 2012 2011 yeah but after that you just start going off into everything you know lysander spooner or murray rothbard even the modern day like you know stefan molyneux before he went crazy mm. and, <laughs> um you know just all the you know whatever people now dave smith and all the michael malice type people yeah um but yeah, shout out to just all of those guys for not giving in to the left-right paradigm and not, you know, being trapped into that box and picking a side and, you know, fighting for power in that way and being willing to stick their necks out to, like, pursue truth and share the truth, you yeah. know, regardless of the consequences. Like, how you know, a guy like Murray Rothbard could have easily sold out and, <laughs> you know, he just kind of stuck, stuck true to himself and pursued the truth. Whether he found it or not, that can be debated. But, you know, as a man, he, like, guys like that actually just, like, took took less money and took the slings and arrows to speak the truth. Yeah, he would have made, he would have probably been the best Marxist economic, or economist. <laughs> just because he was that smart, you know? Right, yeah. He, like, he could make the arguments better than they could. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, he could have easily just turned into a grifter and just manipulated people. But, uh -huh. you know, just someone like that who's willing to... And then that's what lasts. So we're still reading about that guy. There's like, people are still listening and watching because like they see that they see that this is a good guy trying to do what's right. At least what he thinks is right. Um, not just <laughs> getting deals to be, you know, book, book deals or whatever TV show appearances. Um, yeah. Some more chats here real quick. Um, says god's first order after kicking the rebels out of the garden was to issue an agriculture economics plan go ag econ go ags <laughs> yeah be fruitful and multiply go tend to the land that's kind of the uh -huh. first commandments we were given was have a lot of kids and grow your own food <laughs> <laughs> and isn't that like so rat isn't that like crazy how in today's day and age that's like you're crazy if that's what you want to do 
Like if I'm like, yeah. I tell people, yeah. I, I literally, I'm like, yeah, I want like eight to 10 kids and I want to like have a homestead and people literally think I'm insane. Like they think I'm crazy. And these are Christians. These are people who identify as Christians, go to church, read the Bible, go to Bible study groups. And they're like eight kids. I'm like, yeah, like our first command, literally the first commandment we're given by God is to be the first thing that God tells us what to do says, go do this. It's have children. Yeah, <laughs> is yeah. Have as many children as possible. Multiply as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'm just crazy for doing that. And then the first thing he says basically as like a punishment is you're going to, you're going to work the land. You're going to have to grow your own food now. You're going to have to work and sustain your life through like your own sweat. And yeah. again, like you tell people that you're like, yeah, I want to like, you know, get some land, homestead, kind of grow my own food, you know, collect my own rainwater and stuff. People are just like, what? You don't want a giant, rich, fancy house in a <laughs> homeowners associated suburb? What? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and these are the same people that were struggling to find toilet paper Right. <laughs> uh, what is it now like 14 uh, 16 months ago yeah it's like yeah. that you know and we're still having these you know minor food shortages in some areas or it's like okay you yeah. just you're just not gonna get it until it's too late right which you know you could you could it's kind of like sad on one hand or it's also kind of like i mean you have everything in the world showing you you know the way out you know if you're a Christian, like the Bible says it very clearly. <laughs> you know, that's like the guidebook is very, very obvious and in your hands. And then just like the signs. Yeah. I mean, how, how at this point are people still like dependent on their grocery stores? Like the grocery stores just made you put a diaper on your face or else you don't eat. Why are you now not going like, hey, maybe I should find an alternative uh, food supplies. <laughs> Maybe I should find like local, uh, you know, like supply chains or grow my own food or, you know, maybe I should like get some kind of skill so that I know that like my job is recession proof or lockdown proof or whatever. No, everyone just is fighting to return to the life they had, you know, instead of like learning and seeing the, the signs and adapting. Yep. And that, yeah, that's, that's my story. I've, I've told it, you know, several times on my pod or on my old podcast and yeah, it's like exactly what you just laid out. Like, hey, read the signs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not that hard. Like, you know yeah. what you have to do. Like, it's it's pretty laid out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that I, I just think what's holding people back is, and it's kind of a two-part thing. It's like humbling themselves. Like, they're unwilling to admit, like, okay, I was wrong. Okay, I was tricked. You know, it's like they, they just don't want it. They're too stubborn or they're not willing to like humble themselves and be like, yeah, yeah, I was wrong about that. Yeah. Trump tricked me. Yeah. You know, I bought into the I was drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, I got to like admit that. I think people just don't want to do that. And that holds a lot of people back from like change and evolving and adapting. And mm -hmm. then also like on the spiritual aspect of like that idea of repentance, the same thing. It's like uh, I don't want to admit that like I'm a sinner who needs salvation. You know, I just kind of want to yeah. keep justifying my life and living my life and enjoying my pleasures and my comforts and, you know, living in this, this life in this world I'm living in. They don't want to admit like, actually I've been doing bad. <laughs> and like the, 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 the person who created me and all of this doesn't want me to do that. And he's given me a way out. Like, I don't want to mm -hmm. admit that and repent. 
And I think that that's what holds people back from salvation. Like that's what holds people back from believing in and putting their faith in like the creator, the true God is that they don't want to repent. They don't want to admit like I was everything my life was and is, is bad. And I need to go do a, a new thing. I don't want to like, and so not only do people not want to change, but people don't even want to take that first step required for change, which is like admitting I was wrong, admitting I yeah. was tricked, admitting what I'm doing or what I did do was bad. They want to just justify it, deny, be stubborn, you know? And so, yeah, I think people like you and I who find they're like, ah, okay, <laughs> I was wrong. I'm an idiot. What do I do now? You know? And then also then taking the step and being like, okay, now I have to change. And now I'm going to put in the work necessary to change the hard work and the sacrifice needed. Mm -hmm. And society like does not teach people how to, how to be humble, like how to show humility. And like, <laughs> uh, in fact, it, you know, it encourages, it, it encourages people to like be the exact opposite, you know, especially if they're doing like what's going to harm them. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you see that. And so, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, except like, you know, just keep speaking the truth and like, you know, it's God's, it's on God, you know, it's, 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 you know, he's going to use us, but you know, it, it's his solution or, you know, it, it's his, he has plans and like, we just have to be here and, <laughs> you know, follow, follow his leading, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, well, speaking of hunting, we kind of started talking about hunting. But yeah. I gotta ask you some gun questions because you're, right. you're my gun expert. You're the you're the guy I go to for the guns. Uh, you have Steppy <laughs> in chat, and you're asking me this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I've talked to Steppy before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Steppy though. Yeah, it was an awesome question. And anyone else in the chat, if you have questions that you want us to talk about or questions for Zero, send them in the chat. Um, D Live YouTube Periscope Trovo. Um, Question I have for you right now, though, is AR or AK? Uh, probably. I would. Okay. That okay? I have to think about this. Right now. <laughs> so right now you can get AK ammo much cheaper. In fact, it's. I think it's. It's right at where AR ammo was before, like COVID and stuff happened. And so you could stack up on a lot of ammo right now. And that's something I highly recommend. Uh, but just in terms of how easy it is to shoot an AR like that, that would be another consideration. You know, it's, it's not, uh, it, it it's a AR versus AK, you know, it's, it depends. You know, there's there's not one answer. It's you know, yeah. what's your situation? Like if you're, you know, if you're a big guy, then either or. But if you're, you know, hundred pounds soaking wet, <laughs> probably wanna probably wanna roll with the AR. You know, yeah. And don't slap on a bunch of unnecessary accessories on that thing. You know. <laughs> so <laughs> how dare you? I need my night yeah. scope and my <laughs> extended mags. Yeah. 
and I need it painted like a like a Nerf gun. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I will say this: like, if I have to pick up a rifle and use it, like I'm grabbing an AR-15. So, right. do you have both? Of course, I have both. <laughs> so I have options dumb, you don't even question. know about. <laughs> I have options you don't even know about. Okay. So. Without giving too much away, you work for a gun company, right? Or you used to? Uh, no, not really. No. Okay. No. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, yeah, just you know, I just I know you're an expert. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I take your word for it, you know. Uh, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, also similarly, uh, Glock or 1911. Uh, I would say Glock. Glock, Glock, but, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, these seem to be the big, you know, false dichotomies of the gun world. Is those two sets of options. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, the yeah the 1911 and the Glock are the probably the two most polarizing handguns. Uh, yeah, I know if Cotton were if Cotton were here, he would, he would definitely pick the 1911. But you know, yeah. I, I'll say Glock and you know just practice gun safety. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, always be safe. Yeah, always yep. have a gun safe. Always. <laughs> Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm thinking of purchasing my first gun. Um, I think I'm going to go Glock. So yeah. uh, I might have to have Cotton on and debate him about it, but <laughs> it's kind of the, kind of that same con- and then same with it. So then after that, about, in about a year or two, um, you know, when you have land and you're in the country, you need some kind of gun for like home defense and not necessarily in the sense of like, armed robbery like intruder like human yeah. being but like you got to keep your coyotes away from your chickens you know yep and a glock's not gonna do that so you need some kind of rifle right yeah yeah <laughs> so that comes down to like the, this is the eight do you think the ak would be good to just like have on a farm and keep off you know pests like fighting off like uh vermin or you know kind of that pest control situation yeah i mean if the biggest thing you have to deal with is a coyote then you know what like either one is fine really yeah. uh, but yeah like an ak like if you need to leave it outside you know like let's say you're chopping wood and you know you're just you have the ak right there and you don't want to have to worry about oiling it up all the time because it's been outside then sure like an ak is you know should be fine for that I mean, you still want to take care of your guns, but it's not as, like, it's still probably, or it's still going to shoot, you know. It's not as yeah. finicky as a AR, although ARs are very reliable. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. I keep going back. It's just there's so many pros and cons that are just like, yes, 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 no, no, no. Um, but, yeah. I guess what would you recommend for, like, the best uh, concealed carry option? For like personal defense, like like the defense where it would be, you know, street muggers or you know situations where it's like you have to kind of defend yourself from a human. Well, there's hundreds of options in terms of handguns, and so what I've I'm just going to repeat what uh, I've heard several people who are way smarter than me say. It's like get the gun or 
uh, yeah, just own the gun that you're going to wear more often than not. If you have a 1911 that's, you know, twice the size of my hand, like that's probably going to be uncomfortable for you to carry. doesn't matter if you shoot it really well. If you're not going to be carrying it every day, or at least most of the time, then like that gun's not going to do you any good. Yeah. So you want to balance like how well do I shoot this thing and other factors like capacity with like, am I actually going to carry it? You know? And if that means that you have to get something that's smaller than my hand, which my hand is actually pretty big, but, uh, if you get a little, you know, pocket pistol, but you're going to carry that in your pocket, then get that and worry about, you know, getting your Glock later. Uh, not that there aren't, you know, small Glocks, but, you know, yeah. I'm just, uh, I think that's the most important thing is you want, you want something that you're going to carry. And then after that, you can figure out. And if you're not going to carry it, then, you know, pick what you're going to shoot best, I guess. Yeah. Love that. It's awesome advice. <laughs> uh, well, last hunting season, did you catch anything? Uh, okay. That's a sad story. <laughs> oh, so, <no. laughs> yeah. So I was a bad anarchist and I went and took the hunter safeties course, which is required in the state of Texas. Uh, even though I was hunting on private land and probably didn't need it. But anyway, uh, I got that and I was late for hunting season. And so like all the legal bucks were gone and it turns out that in the county that I was hunting in, you could only shoot does four days out of the year. And it happens to be Thanksgiving weekend and I was gone. I was out of state during that time. <laughs> and so I bagged nothing. Oh, ouch. But I'm never leaving uh, the state during Thanksgiving again. <laughs> I will have at least one deer. Yeah. Learn from your year. mistakes. Adapt. Evolve. <laughs> exactly. I'll be there at the beginning of the thinking. season for the box, and then I'll be there that weekend for at least one doe, maybe two. I'll have the freezer full. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I stocked through the winter. Would you just cut it up as like um, as as cuts, or do you jerky it? Uh, I mean, I would jerky some, but most of it, I would, uh, I would just, yeah, cut it into pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Steppy, Steppy. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <on the> <laughs> like, okay, cut here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's something I still need to do. It's like, you can watch all the YouTube videos you you possibly can and like think you know how to do something. And then the moment you like have a deer hung up and a knife in your hand uh yeah. like it's not coming well, apart like it's going yeah exactly yeah like what's going on Ooh, i didn't know that bladder was an issue someone should have mentioned yeah. that on a youtube video right yeah, <laughs> yeah. i kind of get that with a lot like i've been learning a lot of like homesteading like how to build fences like how to drill fence fence posts what's the best type of wood it you know like how to wrap a barbed wire or like what's the you know what's better electric electric wire or barbed wire you know all this kind of stuff 
But like until you like actually are digging your fence posts and putting them in and wrapping the wire, like you don't really know what you're doing. You know, like there and you're gonna encounter problems, you're gonna make mistakes. So like I'm yep. trying to do the best I can of like watching and learning right now because I am like still in a city, still living in an apartment, um, prepping, preparing for the eventual like farmsteading life. But until you're actually there on the land doing the stuff, you're like doing, you're cutting the animal, you're you know chopping the head off a chicken. Like there's stuff that you can learn all the knowledge you want. Like you can be as book smart as you want and have the knowledge in your head. But until you like actually do it carry out the actions like um that's kind of like the make or break <laughs> yeah thing you know and it's gonna take way longer than you thought it was yeah <laughs> like yeah hey apparently this 20 minute youtube was actually or youtube video was actually like a three-hour process you know right, like yeah. who knew <laughs> and yeah this guy's been doing it for 20 years so he knows exactly how much pressure to apply exactly where to cut you know mm -hmm. he knows exactly what he's doing you don't <laughs> yeah you have yeah. a different blade a different size animal a different you know just everything's so different and yeah but that's also kind of the beauty of it is you got to start somewhere you know and if you're yeah. willing to do that if you're willing to seek the knowledge and you're willing to go carry out the action that follows like um i mean that's the important steps to take <laughs> yeah. and you will get there eventually you'll eventually be in your 60s making awesome youtube videos about how to shoot guns and how to <laughs> <laughs> you'll be teaching like young men like us you know 40 years from now and are like i want to do that you'll be teaching them someday absolutely um yeah steppy steppy snack in the uh <laughs> chat says keep that mf thing on you that's right exactly <laughs> exactly he gets it yeah there's one person that gets it it's steppy <laughs> king step um well, I got to ask you some some hard hitting questions. Are you ready for some hard some some tough questions? Let's do it. Um, <laughs> what what is a Christian? Uh, Christian's a follower of Christ. Um, a Christian is someone I would say who believes that uh, God sent His Son to die for our sins and that that act is what um the act of grace is what uh what provides for our salvation and that all we need to do is just accept it um yeah that's the <laughs> simple answer i guess love it and is the bible the truth yeah <laughs> yeah i thought we had hard-hitting questions <laughs> yeah i mean hey, to some people that you know um is water baptism necessary uh not for salvation no um like i believe that god instructs instructs us to well i mean i'm not totally familiar on what he exactly instructs but from what i understand it's uh a big part of what it is is that you're stepping out in faith and like letting the community know hey 
like I'm a Christian, like I'm all in on this and, you know, in, in different eras like that meant a lot, you know, it, it, like it wasn't like, I'm not saying it's easy to be a Christian now, but if you want to compare it to Rome in the first century, like, yeah, it's (laughs) like, it's a big deal, you know, you're, yeah. So, and I, I, you know, I, I do think that if you're like, if you, if you, if you want to be serious, uh, then yeah, you like, you follow in that tradition, but is it necessary for salvation? I wouldn't say so. Yeah. Uh, can you explain the Holy Trinity? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I'll give you a real basic, uh, but I, uh, like the last time that I studied that was like probably 15 years ago, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I, it's just, uh, so you have God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy spirit. Uh, there, it's, it's a hard, it's a difficult concept, but yeah, it's like, they're all, they're, they're all God, but it's, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna do a good job on this one. <laughs> no, no pressure. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do think. I guess one cool thing about. Uh, I did a, or I was I was taught, uh, something about the Holy Spirit, and like I think the Greek word for Holy Spirit is Paraclete, and it's, yeah. like the one that, like the translation is like the one who, uh, walks alongside or something like that, and. Like, so the Holy Spirit is, um, like when, when Jesus, you know, isn't physically here with us and, you know, and obviously, you know, God is up there, you know, he, he sends the Holy Spirit to, uh, to walk alongside us and like aid us, uh, and and, like speak to us. So like, that's the role of the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I mean, there's more to it, but, uh. And then obviously, like I said before, when I was uh, defining Christianity or defining what a Christian is, you know, it's Jesus was the sacrifice and, uh, and then God is the creator and, you know, he's the one that, you know, loved us so much that he, he made that sacrifice. So yeah, I'm not going to do a very good job on the the (laughs) Trinity, but hopefully I hit on some stuff. (laughs) That was good. And it just depends. I mean, everyone's explains it differently and, you know, understand, thinks they understand it when they don't, or they they do understand it when they think they don't. And yeah, there's just, it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I I think, but no, I know I need to go study that. (laughs) I wish I could pull it up. It's on my phone, but there's like a good little picture. That's like a circle in the middle and it just says God. And then there's three tiny circles on the outside and it's the son, the father, the Holy spirit. And so all three of the small circles are an, in essence, part of God. Right. But all the three circles are also separate entities. So they're all one essence. Like they're all one thing connected and they're also all separate at the same time. Our problem is we're like, I mean, we're fallen. We have a sinful nature where, you know, our minds are kind of limited in our thinking and we want things to be put into dichotomies and logically based and we want to see it you know to know it like we're very like stubborn in our physical senses 
So yeah. a lot of times when you're trying to explain something that's so beyond comprehension, <laughs> it's easy to like mess up or trick up. And, you know, I, I, my Bible study group did a good job explaining how, you know, people like to go, it's like water, you know, it's, it's three things. Like it can be a gas, it can be a liquid, it can be a solid, but it's like, that's actually not the right explanation. Like that's kind of a good generalization to tell kids. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're truly like when you're deep diving into like the like the trinity aspect it's like not right because you're it's not i don't know there's like all these things you know egg yolk the egg has three parts it has the yolk the egg white and the shell and it's like yeah but those are three separate things not one essence you know there's not three mm. separate gods there's one god one essence with three parts yeah like an egg you can separate and then you can't really separate god Right. Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah it's, it's a good you know if you're just kind of lighthearted trying to explain it or trying to you know use it but if you're getting real technical about it there's all these like you know you said essence and not substance or you said <laughs> yeah <laughs> aspects I mean, and not you know essence or whatever but it's like uh have you ever heard about like they can separate like atoms and you know they'll manipulate one electron and then the electron that they have you know isolated from that one it's like it it mirrors the reaction of the of the other one you know and they don't like people don't like scientists don't understand how that happens but you know it's like it's still connected right. and so it like and it, it, you can kind of think of it that way in a sense where like it, yeah it's three in one but it's connected and you have it, like it's the same thing yeah yeah and i mean this is where we get into hippy dippy talk but i think everything is just vibrations like everything is just energy like yeah. everything physical is just energy and i think that's what god spoke like i think when god it says god breathed you know god god spoke and it, and it existed you know yeah. read page one of genesis it's like god spoke God breathed life. God spoke it and it, and it existed. I yeah. think that's God literally like vibrating, like the vibrations coming out of his mouth. You know, mm. it's like we want to use human concepts where it's like a physical body and a breath coming out of a, out of a mouth. But mm -hmm. when God, the creator breathed, quote unquote breathed, it was him creating vibrations. And I think everything is just the resulting vibrations and everything changing, you know? So I think all of creation, that thing that's like, in parentheses you know god god who is outside and then he has this thing called creation that we exist in this bubble this sphere this parentheses however you want to like think of it i think all of that all that physical creation that we exist in that we perceive and know and live in right now is all just vibrations on different levels and or energy quote unquote energy yeah i mean Do you think I, that's I crazy <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I certainly think that that idea has some merit and I, I tend to agree with it uh, yeah i mean i'm not knowledgeable enough to say either way but yeah that's just the way it seems to me that's my theory right now you know mm -hmm. <laughs> um well do you enjoy life yeah yeah i enjoy life yeah no nope. no despair no fear no 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 despair <laughs> and like yeah you can't you can't live life in fear because that's yeah. like that's how the enemy controls you and i'm not just talking about 
like the state or the media or whatever like that's how satan controls you yeah that's how a lot of people live their lives and that's why you, you see the results today is yeah you can't you can't live in fear and too many people do yeah um yeah do you do you have anger you mentioned yeah, you I, did i do, do i you, do have anger yeah yeah yeah, yeah i do <laughs> do you have shame and guilt yes i do yeah. yeah a lot of it how do how does someone overcome that how does someone overcome conflict <laughs> i mean I, I know the answer is god but like that's that's something i'm still working on uh like i don't i guess one thing that I've learned, I've tried very hard in my life to like overcome it through willpower and like in myself. And like, I know that's not the answer uh, because I'm a stubborn, <laughs> stubborn <laughs> dude. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, like if it were possible, I'm pretty sure I would have made it work. But you, know, you, you can't, you can't overcome uh those like deep like those uh you can't overcome anger and, and shame and, and guilt like with, through that it's like you gotta like there's not really one way i don't think i think like god will lead you and like he, he'll show you your way or his way for you and like, I, th I think that's the only, I think that's the best answer. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Do you kind of going off that, do you think that we can live a conflict free life? Struggling to say that tongue twister. Can we uh, here and now live a conflict free life? No, uh, I don't think so. Like I'm open to the possibility that I'm wrong, but I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that's a like that's a possibility. I like. Yeah, I hope I've you're met, wrong, but <laughs> I've met people that like it. It seems you know that way, you know. Like I, I've met some very godly people that you know the uh, the result of like their close walk with God has been a very like. A, a life where God has blessed them a lot and they don't have the, that type of conflict, at least not that they're showing. Um, yeah. And you know, I, but I also believe that it's, it's genuine, but I, I don't know, you know, the full, you know, their full life story. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can only, only understand people by what they show you. Yeah. Or yeah, like experiencing like their walks, their lives. Yep. I mean, you can go on social media and see the the mask the that they want <laughs> you to see. Yeah. <laughs> like I know some people that you know, you go on Facebook, you're like, man, you're just you're happy and funny all the time, and they're like, yeah, I am. That's just who I am. And then when you know them, 
go like, actually, you're really miserable and depressing, and you just complain all the time. Like, yeah, <laughs> so there's yeah. obviously like some projection going on with that. But I think a lot of people do that. Like the online presence is always the best. <laughs> yeah. Or you know the image that people want you to see of your best life or whatever. Or yeah. some people might do the opposite. You know, I don't. I think some people might like on social media pretend to be. Yeah, you have mean the victim. or aggressive or the victim or yeah, like yeah. some kind of bad person online because they're in real life they actually are like a pretty good person. Yeah. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and that's I I try to minimize like I I mean I do that like I portray myself in a certain way on social media and I've kind of tried to move away from from that just cuz yeah. like it's like I don't want to live like a lie and yeah. i don't want to it, it doesn't really matter as much uh anymore like people like these strangers like perception of me you know yeah right yeah like and i don't so, need the attention anymore like i have a wife and a kid you know <laughs> yeah you know I, mean? it's, <laughs> I don't really need internet friends anymore yeah that's kind of how i feel too like when you're when you're like some pothead stoner kid on your own out there like partying it's like yeah look at me like i want people i want friends and you know companionship and then you know when you're like living for some higher purpose when you're like on a mission all that stuff just goes out the window you're like i could care less what other people think about me <laughs> yeah they could they could hate me i don't care i'm on a mission here and like they're not going to get in the way mm -hmm. um and what better mission than like a family <laughs> yeah. to me that's the most important like mission that's you could possibly calling. have yeah is that like that should be the focus is family. And then after that, you know, after you tend to that garden, that small garden, after that, you can start worrying about your community or your church or your whatever, this or that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think that definitely changes people for sure. And if it doesn't, then I'm kind of worried about them. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you genuinely worried about your family if you're posting selfies twice a day and, you know, online? 12 hours out of your life. Uh, yeah, that, that one weirds me out. Yeah, that's where I'm like, eh, maybe you should focus on your family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. you should start taking your life seriously. Um, but do you do you love all people? Yeah, I mean, I, I love all people, uh, at least in a theoretical sense. It's <laughs> a little bit harder in application. Yeah. yeah right. Uh but yeah, I mean, I'd say, and that's something like I try to work on, but it's, uh, you know, it, like I said, it's easier, you know, to say that than it is right. to like live it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the key is forgiving. <laughs> yeah. Forgiving and repenting is so crucial because yeah, it's gonna, I mean, people are gonna do you wrong. Right. So how do you respond to that? And yeah, no, it's <laughs> if you can forgive them, then I think you can love them. I don't think you can just love someone without being like genuinely good at forgiving others. Um, yeah. And how are, how are we going or are we going to vote our way out of our problems? <laughs> For the audio listeners, I think I just got the biggest smile I've ever seen. <laughs> Right here live. <laughs> I just love that question. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think if we just, like, if we really 
buckle down and, and vote really hard for this in this next election. Yeah. Like I think we can get the right people in office. And, yeah. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> You're not voting hard enough. I think that's the. <laughs> exactly. We just need to get Trump back in. Obviously, it's. Of course, yeah. <laughs> next year or next month <laughs> we need to undo the election and get him back in office and then all of our problems will be solved <laughs> yeah and god will be happy with us again <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it was going so great before then or before this so it's... <laughs> yeah everything was awesome and great oh, i don't yeah. know why why it's so weird now uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man well in a more serious tone, but also still kind of silly. Um, how do we fix this mess? Like you, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, uh, <laughs> thanks like for just obliterating my my well thought out question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I I kind of like I like listen to uh jack spirko and like i agree with him when he says like uh tr control what you can in your own life and if people follow your example great and hey maybe you made society a little bit better um but like you just said focus on your family and that includes providing for them like and more than just the financial sense like hey you know you gotta do a little planning you know like uh what are you gonna do if the grocery store or walmart runs out of toilet paper again you know it, yeah. <laughs> it, like it, it's it's more than just you know hey i, I provided or you know I, I brought home a paycheck um but yeah i i, I do think that you can't fix the mess, but you can minimize the negative effects that the state and others have in your life. And, you know, that's like a, that's a lifelong process. That's, that's, and that, that's, that's where I go when I, when I talk about agorism is I like the, like that mindset, you know, where you're, you're not you're not stuck in a traditional uh you're not stuck in that traditional mindset where, where even like some anarchists or, or libertarians who want to work in the libertarian party not that that's the worst thing in the world but i don't you know i don't see that as the answer right. uh you know but people like hey like it's this you know, I, I don't know people people are really stuck in this voting this idea of voting or and, and reaching people through that when like i'm pretty sure that you know at this point people aren't like that's not the way to reach people as much yeah uh when you have a country that's essentially in crisis hmm. due to what the government or the state did with the lockdowns you know so i could i could go on because i have a lot of <laughs> thoughts on that but i'm not going to <laughs> So. <laughs> well, hey, you can if you want. Yeah, <laughs> go off, King. Well, I'll, I'll just ramble. So, <laughs> well, my boy Set of Acantus in the chat says maybe a letter writing campaign to our representatives will fix this problem. <laughs> 
What do you think? I, has that been tried yet? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Actually, we should try. We should get on that. We sh- we we, sh- we should. We should end this podcast <laughs> and go write a strongly worded letter to letters to our representatives. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we can vote our way out of this mess. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can, we'll change it. Yeah. Oh, um, do you have any questions for me? Or anything, any topics you want to talk about? Actually, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in your Discord <laughs> server, yeah. there's a, what is it, the Conspiracy Channel or something like that? Yeah, Conspiracy Corner. Back okay. you into the Conspiracy you... Corner where you can't get out. <laughs> there's two walls <laughs> in my two hands and you cannot get out. I'm playing defense on you. You're going to listen to my rants. Yeah, so <laughs> you guys were talking about this, uh, the theory of, the mud floods and yeah. uh, Grand Tartaria, and you guys had me looking into it. I've done it, like I'll get into it, you know, like a, one or two days, and and then I'll, you know, a few weeks later I'll, I'll do it again. But uh, I don't, can you give me like a like a nice little summary of that, like yeah. conspiracy theory? Because <laughs> like it's still I'm still like learning a lot about it and. Like I'm not bought in, but it's like it's very interesting to me, and like yeah. I, I'm not gonna like I don't dismiss it, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, there's kind of there's many camps, there's many like different theories, you know, and people will like argue about it and whatever. The general premise that kind of unites it all is that kind of that concept of Atlantis, like there was a a big grand civilization. Yeah. Um fairly recently like we're not talking about ancient times we're talking about sometime between maybe after the death or dur- maybe during the time of jesus or after jesus and like maybe around you know where it fell quote unquote where atlantis or this this tartaria is what they call it this empire this advanced civilization fell was maybe somewhere around 1500 to 1800 Okay. And so it just ranges. People debate whether it's one giant global empire that existed. Maybe it was a bunch of different empires that communicated and traded with each other. And so they had a lot of similarities, but they weren't one empire. Um, the general premise is that people think there was this advanced race living and that now in our current state, our history books have been rewritten by the people who inherited that the people who walked into that abandoned or destroyed or whatever happened civilization that people kind of walked in took over rewrote the history made sure to leave all of that out and basically pretended like we were always here and we deserve to be here and we're in charge now so the idea like the thing that really makes me believe that something's going on is i always see the architecture and the infrastructure like when you look at the vatican Mm -hmm. i mean buildings like the vatican or even just the the capital the you know the capital buildings in america there's a lot of like you know channels and canals that were built you know supposedly one thousand years ago you know all these giant castles in europe that were built like thousand years ago or you know even 500 years ago the vatican was supposed to be built in like 1200 or 1300 i mean we wouldn't be able to 
we would really struggle building the Vatican today, you know, yeah. with our technology today. And so the story we're told is that people that were like basically living in like wood houses and driving horses and buggies around with like no machinery at all, like pre-industrial revolution um, technology, somehow yeah. built the Vatican. <laughs> like somehow built all of this like infrastructure these roads that are still being used these bridges that are still being used these enormous capital buildings with these magnificent marble domes elevated you know 20 10 15 stories in the air and yeah. like they did it with a horse and buggy and grit <laughs> to me it just doesn't add up so i'm just in the camp i'm in the camp of it all where i'm like something happened we're not being told about it. It's all being covered up and we're being like lied to about it. And I'm just kind of open-ended yeah. about like, okay, like I'm interested. I'm interested in this theory and this guy and this guy. Some people really get into these little camps where they're like, no, it was Tartaria. It ended with a mud flood in 1812. And if you don't believe that, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, okay, uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to agree with you on that. I'm not going to buy into your, whatever you're saying, even though it may be true. Yeah. But a lot of people do point to, and there's just something fishy about like the early 1800s, like something like a, around 1810, 1815, something happened where a bunch of buildings either sunk into the mud or mud, like a mud flood happened. Some kind of flood happened and set up sedimentary deposits settled or, you know, it's just this debate about what it was. I've heard yeah. theory, people theorize that like, Maybe there was some kind of earthwide um, magnetism or like vibration that happened, and all the buildings like literally sank into the ground. I've yeah. heard people say there was like a flood of water, and the the deposits kind of settled after the water, you know, dissipated. All the mud was just moved around, and I've heard people say there was like literally a mud flood, like a flood of mud that for some reason <laughs> came and wiped out civilizations, but. The big thing people will point to is all these buildings that were built in like the 1700s that are like buried or seem to be buried by mud. Um, yeah. And so you'll hear the people talk about the mud floods a lot because it's kind of this thing that like basically all of the stuff before 1800 seems to have been covered in dirt and covered in mud or literally like sank into the ground. And then in the 1800s, there was a lot of people that were like unburying stuff, like digging stuff out. Another theory I've heard is that like the railroads were already here and built. Like, you know, we're, we're told that we built the transcontinental railroad. We built the railroads with grit. Yeah. <laughs> the theory is that the railroads were here and we were actually digging them out. That we were actually like the railroads were under mud and we were actually the workers, the Chinese slaves or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Were oh, literally yeah. they weren't building the railroads, they were like rediscovering the railroads. They were slowly un like digging them out so that they could be used again. So there's a lot wow. of like different theories, but basically the general premise is that there was some civilization that was very advanced and left behind a lot of finger like a, a lot of fingerprints, you know, in in the terms of like the infrastructure and the technology and they're having a hard time covering it up or rewriting it and uh -huh. people now just with youtube and sharing like file sharing and you know consciousness sharing thought sharing are starting to kind of like put the puzzle pieces together and figure it all out um so that's kind of the gist of it i guess i might not have done a good job but no you did a great job there's a really good channel that i kind of believe more is called exploring tartaria 
And okay. she actually theorizes that... So unlike most of these theorists that are more in like a secular mindset where they kind of look at the evidence and they're more based on like the politics or the theories and the physical, she actually connects the whole like Tartaria theory to a more like biblical sense. She makes a claim that like the millennial reign already happened. So like everything we've seen in Revelation, like the book of Revelation actually happened. Like maybe that was the fall of Rome. Yeah. No. Was Revelation happen? And then actually what happened was Christ and the apostles and the saints ruled here on earth. Like we lived in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, but we are calling it the dark ages. You know, Satan is framing it as, oh, the dark ages, nothing took place. It was all, everyone was bad and stupid and fighting each other. Uh, That's why there's no like historical writing about it or whatever. Right. There's no records of it because it's been erased or covered up. And she theorizes that the thousand year reign of Christ happened and that's the result. Like that's what the, that's what all these buildings are. That's what all this infrastructure is, is basically we had this extremely righteous, noble empire here on earth, here and now. And now we're living in the part after the millennial reign, which is in the Bible, which is where Satan is actually, it's it, the phrase that it, it's used is loosed for a little season. So after oh, wow. after the millennial reign, Satan is like kind of let out of prison, basically, to kind yeah. of reign havoc and almost like try to destroy and undo the millennial reign. Yeah. And then after that is the final conclusion of the Bible, like the final defeat of Satan. So she theorizes that we're living post millennial reign and pre final, like end of end times. Yeah. Whereas most Christians will argue, you know, we have yet to see revelation. We have yet to find revelation. Like the millennial reign has not happened yet. So she's actually like kind of reframing the timeline with her theory. And she kind of pieces in all the Tartaria theories into that. So that's actually really interesting. I don't believe it entirely, but it's really interesting and eye opening to me. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, I think I just subscribed. Yeah, it's called Exploring Tartaria, and it's like kind of a series. So you kind of have to watch her videos in order. Like, watch the first one's a brief little introduction, and then it really starts getting into some gravy. Um, another good one, like, and then most other people are just more secular. Like, they don't really talk about the Bible. They don't really talk about God. They're not talking about the spiritual aspect or the satanic aspect. They're just more looking at it as like politics or physical. Yeah. There's a guy, guy, John Levy, John Levi. Um, and so now I'm struggling to come up. I mean, Berserker Bear is a good one. His name's Dustin. He has a um, YouTube channel. Let me look it up. Where he kind of in- investigates and discusses this stuff. And I'm blanking on everyone's names. Michelle There's... Gibson's pretty good about kind of exploring some of the ancient stuff and resettling stuff. And her theory, too, that a lot of people are starting to kind of believe is that it wasn't an empire called Tartaria. It was multiple empires. And that the one in America seems to actually have been more, um, I think they call it the Moorish Empire. Like not necessarily the Moors, but Moorish, like M apostrophe U-R-I-S-H. Yeah. And her theory is that like in America, like Tartaria was more in like Asia and Russia and China and Japan and maybe Australia. But yeah. there was like kind of like a brother or like a sister empire called the Moorish Empire in America's. And they called it Columbia. That's kind of how they referred to it. So when you ever see like the Columbia symbolism, like Columbus and Knights of Columbus, like all this Columbia Columbus metaphor is basically the goddess that, that this 
this empire that was in America ruled. Okay. Yeah. And they appear to be more like brown. So they appear to be like the Native Americans and like the black, black-skinned people who were in America building everything. Capital buildings here, all this advanced technology, or architecture and infrastructure. And I think that seems to resonate more true that maybe all of these slaves that were told were brought over in slave ships. What if they were actually here? What if mm. they were just the resulting, like they were just, they were who we came we discovered their lands and the, the stuff that their ancestors built. Maybe they evolved, like devolved so much as a symbol civilization, like they fell from grace and they were kind of, you know, starting to be more subsistence farmers. Like maybe the natives were like leaving the cities and being more like in tune with nature and like voluntarily leaving their infrastructure. And then we showed up with a bunch of guns and we were like, we're going to make this ours and we're going to make you our slaves. <laughs> and so we showed up with guns and basically rounded them up and convinced them that, you know, they were slaves brought here or that they were savages in the wilderness with no kind of ancestral um, magnitude as if like their ancestors didn't build everything big and glorious. Right. Right. To me, that would make sense too, because if you did discover a population that was here that built the stuff that was here and we came over and found it and wanted to conquer it, it would make sense to convince them that they were brought from somewhere else, that you are slaves, that you were brought from Africa. The stuff that you're looking at, these buildings, we built that. You didn't build that. It's almost like brainwashing techniques where it's like, you're just slaves we brought over from Africa, not mm -hmm. your grandpa built this. Because if you truly right. wanted to keep your slaves like obedient and docile, you wouldn't let them think that like this was actually their land or that they're actually had some kind of inheritance or some kind of right to the stuff that was here. So I, I'm, I'm getting more into that kind of theory, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a mess. It's a big mess. It's a big, beautiful mess of different theories and stuff. But it's super interesting. Yeah. And then the beauty of it is you just keep finding more and more rabbit holes and more and more theories. And you're like, oh, maybe that makes more sense. Oh, but now this makes more sense. But ah, this uh -huh. is really interesting. And I'm more interested in this now, though, you know. Yeah. But yeah, the easiest way to explain it, to summarize my ramblings, is kind of just the idea of Atlantis, but not an ancient, you know, kingdom that fell into the ocean, but more like um, a pretty recent empire that existed and built magnificent, giant, beautiful things and for whatever reason fell. Some kind of natural disaster. Maybe they just destroyed themselves. Like maybe they just got so immoral that they couldn't, <laughs> you know, yeah, right. they, they started depopulating themselves, aborting their children, watching porn, <laughs> yeah. eating corn syrup, uh, using tech, you know, using technology instead of like working the land and being too comfortable instead of hardworking, maybe something like maybe an empire like that just kind of like gradually <laughs> fell off, <laughs> depopulated right. itself and destroyed imagine itself. That. <laughs> and, yeah, it's like, it's weird for us to imagine like a possibilities like like that. But maybe something like that happened to this advanced uh, civilization. <laughs> the moral decay destroyed them. And we just basically came from Europe at the right time to find them when they were at a low point and just kind of took over and rewrote the history books. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, the people you'll hear Tartaria and mud floods. That's kind of the two buzz points of the whole theory. 
even though yeah. like people will say like oh tartaria but actually what they when you start listening to them they kind of will be talking about the moorish empire or this empire or that or this you know it's just yeah. kind of the buzzwords used yeah it's interesting <laughs> it definitely is <laughs> It's called, um, when people really get into it, people call it the conspiracy of all conspiracies. Because you really have to take an extra leap of faith. Like, you can't believe in it if you don't believe in, like, the fact that, like, the government lies to you. Right, right, <laughs> You know, yeah. like, if you just are still kind of like, ah, oh, the government believes, you know, doesn't lie, you know, you kind of have to take leaps. It's like you have to escalate your conspiracy theories and your, your amount of discernment of what you're being told and what you see it almost takes leaps of faiths to get to the point where you're interested in that theory. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's not for yeah. beginners of the conspiracy world, you know? Yeah. If right. someone's like, Oh, I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe nine 11 was, was fishy. It's like, you don't send that person Tartaria theories. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and tell like, them like, what do you think about that? It's like, oh, they I have don't... some steps to take before they can get to that level of <laughs> discernment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm I'm starting to think that Oswald didn't kill JFK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe we didn't land on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you still got some steps to take. I'll be here in a few years when you have uh more questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to doing more research on that cuz that, that's Yeah. If nothing else, it's interesting. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, John Levi's good, but he can be real depressing and boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I noticed that about him. It's... it's really interesting stuff. So if you're interested in the topic, but he's just so boring, he's not, and depressing. He's not... Oh, everything's bad, and <laughs> he leaves a lot of stuff like, like he doesn't explain certain things. I've noticed, like, he'll yeah. be like, "Look at this," and it's like, obviously like we didn't build this and like for me it's like okay that's not good enough like right yeah that, that's a good point but like you can't just say that you know and say like like we didn't build this because this this and this whatever but yeah and then uh another one that i watched was a uh, conspiracy r us yeah that's a good one yeah conspiracy yeah. r us michelle gibson's really good and i'm trying to look up this other guy i found recently Exploring Tartaria is good. Conspiracy R Us. Oh, this guy, Jared Boosters. J-A-R-I-D Boosters is pretty good about explaining some stuff and exploring some stuff. And I had some others and I lost them. <laughs> um well, I'm sure that if anyone is interested, they could just hop on your uh, server. And yeah, your <laughs> that is true. Yeah, um, I want to find. I always forget his channel, but yeah, bushwhacking history in Buffalo by Brazilian okay. Bear. He's on okay. my he's on my show earlier this year, but in January, and he does a good job. He usually focuses on Buffalo. It's in the name, bushwhacking history in Buffalo. But he does a just good job kind of explaining things from, like, a layman's terms. He's like, I'm a simple man. I don't really understand it, but something's going on. Let's get to the bottom of it. And then he goes yeah. in person and, like, goes to stuff, like, in person himself and is, like, taking videos and pictures and commenting on it and asking good questions and stuff like that. 
And then he's just real humble. He's like, oh, I don't know. This seems to be the way it is. What do you think? You know, I'm not going to make any conclusions, but, you know, this looks fishy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think about this? But he's also not like, this is definitely what happened. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm the special boy. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything else? Any other questions or topics? No, that was it. No. Any, um... Anything you want to plug or like people you want to shout out? I don't have any plugs, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> I, you can yeah. find my Twitter where I don't really tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Is it memeable? Yeah. Memeable yeah, agorist. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Formerly Liberty Zero. Yeah. Did you yep. get, did you get banned or was that a uh, switch? No, well, so I got banned on my old account which was at Liberty Zero. And uh, then I, I just took over the the podcast, our old podcast account and just switched the username and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I think I said, I forget what I said, uh, or I tweeted at Joe Biden and I tweeted something that I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> and I got banned. So yeah. Anything that's not praise and adoration for um, a senile old man is, is a great leader. Something you shouldn't say to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My last... You aren't asking him about his flavor of ice cream. Though. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can ask him two things. You can ask him two questions. You have, a, you have to follow the script or else. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, sweet. My last final question for you is, did you have fun? I had a great time, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, thanks for being here, man. This is great. Follow Sean on social media at Sean B. Planet. His podcast audio is on the Sean B. Planet channel on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. His videos are on YouTube and BitChute. Live streams on DLive and Twitch. Blogs, links, and other stuff can be found at seanbeplanet.com.